Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic Midweek Fix. I haven't heard you on your new mic. It's been a, you like it? That's nice. Does it make my voice better? It does. Oh, it's good to be with you guys. Hey, we're going to be at G3. What are you wearing? January. Hey. <laughs> Don't do it. I'm wearing some Christmas no. cheer. What are you doing? What's up, what's up now? Don't feed the animals, it's, man. We know that. We talked about Advent. this. It's Christmas. Yeah. I'm partying. I don't, you guys are. You guys look like Scrooge to me right now. Oh, Steven's um, going to love to see what I'm wearing <laughs> when this goes live tonight. We're the Scrooge. <laughs> hey, we're going to be at G3 January 16th, 17th, and 18th. And by the grace of God, it looks like we're actually, we're actually going to be doing kind of an East Coast tour. What is what does that look like? Uh, What's East we're going to start off like? in Atlanta. Well, we uh, were going to do an East Coast tour until you put that on. <laughs> God's no. going to bless this. People, people are looking at him like, oh, no. uh, never mind. No. We aren't that serious. Not with those guys. Don't yeah, worry. He won't be, be there. But we're going to start out in Atlanta and work our way through um, kind of the East Coast, um, uh, hopefully through D.C. and then up to New York City. You think D.C. is going to let us in there? We're going we're gonna to see. Hey, there's, there's two guys, two white guys and a black guy. So Don't if, let them in. <laughs> if One of them's wearing a Santa hat. <laughs> So we have we we have a couple open slots um, it, that if if your um, neck of the woods kind of meets up with where we're going, uh, reach yeah. out to us and we'll we'll try to schedule something if we can. We, I can't promise it at all, but yeah. um, there's, there's a pro life group in Georgia that's trying to meet up with us. Oh really? Ricardo well, Davis people that want to like yeah. buy us beers, or yeah, talk to scotch, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 scotch, and uh, you know maybe a place to sleep one night. We might need that. I don't oh. know, you know. Anyways. Sure. So uh, we hope to see you guys if you're in Atlanta at G3. We hope to see you there. We'll have a booth there. We're doing a live show with Ali Stuckey and Rachel Jankovic yes. while we're there. And then we're going to be doing some boothing shows, some shows kind of at our booth with Pastor. Boothing shows? Yep. Boothing shows. Vendor, I, I don't yeah. think that's, that's a thing. That's not a word. It's like saying gop. You just made stuff up. You boothing is he, a word. Earlier he said dodge. And he, he was referring to the department. The OG. Okay. D- department no, of no. Justice. Yeah, yeah. Nobody no, says no. that. Yeah. Nobody says that. People should. Hey, this show is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. It's brought to you by Samaritan Ministries, which is a healthcare <laughs> sharing ministry with over a quarter of a million Christians that care for one another's needs from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants, mm. all without the use of... Of insurance. I'm sorry, say that again. All without the use of insurance. Ah. Yes. Hey, look, look at you go. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I, I announced Samaritan Ministries to our uh, email list yesterday, and yeah. a bunch of people got back and said, I'm so glad yeah. Samaritan Ministries is a corporate sponsor of you oh, guys. It's awesome. Yeah. We, we really love cool. what they're doing. Yeah. It, you know, get the government out of health insurance. Amen. Right? Um, and, and Christians should be taking care of Christians. Um, talking about health insurance is not something anyone likes to do. Right? right? It's, it's like, kind of like life insurance. <laughs> Like be, you die, you get the money. It can be confusing with lots of jargon. Plus, who really knows what's actually going to get taken care of? Like Gabe's outfit. Uh, yeah, that's why Samaritan Ministries is a healthcare option people should consider. It's not insurance. That's right. It's Christians sending a financial gift to a, some other Christian yeah. who's in need when there's a medical mm, need. Amen. Plus, caring for one another spiritually through prayer and encouragement. So when we send a check each month, we're Samaritan members. Mm-hmm. Um, we, there's a specific prayer request, like pray for this person's need. They broke a bone. They and, have cancer. And you send the check to, to Bob to, or Sue to or who, another Christian who, who's needing, who has health care issues exactly. and, and you're receipts. Not, you're not sending for. it to the bureaucracy. Yep. You're not sending it to Washington, D.C. Is, is that like kind of like showing you my faith by my works? Kind of like that. Yeah yeah. 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 It's like it's real religion. Yeah. Real yeah. religion. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. wow. Christians can do that yep. with Samaritan Ministries because they know when an illness or injury happens, Samaritan members have their backs. Yep. If you'd like to learn more about how you can be a part of this ministry, helping each other, with healthcare, mm-hmm. visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash CrossPolitik. And there's a phone number they gave us. Dude. What? I'm, they gave us a phone number. I'm reading the ad. 
Okay. What's if, the number? If I wanted your help. Let me finish. I would have asked for your. Here's uh, the phone number specific to tracking. Well, you, just for you. Yeah. Eight seven seven four five nine sixteen sixty two. Eight seven seven four five nine one six six two. Uh, you can call them yep. and talk to a real live person yep. about and, how and, you can start helping other Christians. And mention Cross Baltic sent you. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. And also mention Gabe's wearing a Santa hat. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Mention. You won't mention. get a discount, but you should mention it. Just mm-hmm. so, and, and this is not a Santa hat. My family, we call them Kringle hats. What, what verse is that in? Kringle. In the Bible? What verse um, is that outfit in? It, it's in the joy section of Ecclesiastes. Even, I don't even know what that code mm. is, though. <laughs> Are there any pint glasses left? Uh, so I th- I think we still have a couple pint glasses after we count up all the memberships that have signed. We've got this is one of our highest months for right. membership signups right. because we go, also guys. we gave a free month away. You Merry know? Christmas. Merry Christmas. From us to you. Please, there's still room, I believe. It's while supplies last, but you should get a free pint and then whatever level that you set up that you right. sign in at. And just type in Merry Christmas all, ooh, ooh. In, into there, the... There's the slide. Merry the, Merry Christmas all... Into the discount code? Yep, and can, that's can the discount code for, and get for a, one free month. Can we make free, that look better? And get, there we and, go. And this goes to Jan- January 1st or, or December 31st okay, at so, night. So. so the end of the month. There's a little, couple yeah. weeks left. Yep. And, and you get free access to all our membership stuff. Yep. Uh, behind the scenes stuff. Proverbs with me. Yeah. Um, oh, cool yeah. We got some Gary Damar, Elite Execution. Yeah. Vody Baca. We have the a film. tons of backlog stuff that we're working on that's right. going to be going into our portal. In January. Yeah. In January. So be, uh, be just be ready. Um, uh, be praying for us because we get, I'm really excited about this next three months that oh, there's yeah. a lot that needs to be done. Okay. And our club members are just so crucial right. for us being able to accomplish all yeah, this. So much to talk about. Even the so, app. We haven't even talked about the app. Oh, the app, the app I, should be dropping hopefully around January 1st. Gabe okay. showed it to me yesterday. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. With us on the line, poor fella. Mm-hmm. He's like, is he still there? Uh, is Mr. <laughs> Stephen Wolf? He studies politics at Louisiana State University. He's trying Ooh. to finish up his PhD there currently Ooh. on early colonial American politics or something like that, Puritan politics. Wow, so, his, like that, so yeah. slavery politics. <laughs> yeah, his his Watch writing <laughs> his writing has appeared in Modern Reformation, Mere Orthodoxy, Chronicles Magazine, and a History of Political Thought, and Cross Politic Blogazine. Cross Politic yeah. Blogazine. Yeah. He and his family are members of the Presbyterian Church in America, PCA. Oh, they baptize babies. Yeah. Way to go. Amen. I mean, Steve, you, you do baptize babies. You ain't just going to a Presbyterian church, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, all, all, all four of them. All four of them. Okay. Oh, uh, nice. the, phone, the phone almost just went dead. <laughs> yeah. But he answered right. Yeah. Way to go. Uh, so, uh, Stephen, we've been wanting to meet. We wanted to talk to you for a while now, but you've been writing a bunch of stuff um, for a number of different pl- people. But you wrote for us recently. Um, on uh, on our blog, on on the Cross Politic blog, which you find at crosspolitic.com, on the tribalism of the never Trump evangelical elite. There were it was it was so much. You you went you did two parts. Um, He's puritanical, and, they went, and those articles went pretty far. Yeah, they yeah. they were. Uh, yeah. Anyways, what are you talking about? What what do you mean by the tribalism of the never Trump evangelical elite? Yeah, a lot of qualifiers there. Um, so uh, for that article, um, I was just I was trying to show that the, the evangelical elite are basically informed, um, very similar to the broader elite of society. Right. Um, and that's just in the sense that they are um, that they have their own views. They they have they're really kind of tribal in themselves, which is one of the ironies of talking about tribalism in a condemning way, almost in this very self unaware way. Um, they're very disconnected from the, the rest of evangelicalism, and they also have a certain elitism that they really aren't, you know, they really don't deserve. Um, and so uh, 
that that's really what I mean by kind of this tribalism that they have. And you could really see that in the article that I was commenting on, which was Paul Miller, Paul Miller's ERLC article. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that was based on faith and democracy. And so, um, yeah. It, so now, could, it, 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 it was, go could, ahead. couldn't the charge also be leveled against the always Trumpers? Like, you know, no matter what Trump does, we're always going to vote for him. No matter the porn stars he gets with or the, Thank you for the third, the third, <laughs> the third marriage that he's on, um, you know, his Twitter feed, that kind of thing, no matter what he says or does, we're all, we're voting for him. That's tribalism. Right. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think, no, I think there's a certain tribal aspect to that. I, I think that the difference though, is many of these, these never Trump evangelical police guys, they, they really want to use moral condemning language for anyone who might vote for Trump. And, uh-huh. and they, 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 even, even after, um, he's proven to be, um, to in a large part on the side of evangelicalism and politics, um, he still, uh, they still will continually, you know, condemn those who will support him or vote for him. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think there is, there's a certain, uh, you could say, uh, tribalism among the, the, the always Trumpers. Uh-huh. But, but it's a different kind. I mean, it, it's really hard to, I think it's different than 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 the than the, the never Trump side, right? They they have this really this sense of superiority um, that that leaves them very much aloof to right. everyone else's thinking. That kind of existed before they got there. Disconnected. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I wanted to ask you because it's kind of the elitism has existed before Trump actually got there. It seems like, and so they're just take, kind of taking that elitism and it's just being magnified now. That's why I wanted to ask you though is who are those people? So you said ERLC. It's kind of in that group. Who else do you see that's kind of like in that um, elite, e- elite evangelicalism? Who are, who are you speaking of? Um, I think it's just this, uh, the broad group. I mean, I have to start naming names now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's I, what I, we do. <laughs> but but I know, yeah. So you have people. I think Tim Keller is one of those. Um, yeah, you have you know KSP. You have the, the people associated with the the um, Gospel Coalition. They're definitely part of it. Um, big of course, Eva. Southern Baptist Convention, the ERLC. Yeah, you can call them Big Eva. It's the sort of people where yeah, online you can see them kind of retweeting, um, you know, continuously praise for their own books. You know, you can see that the books, <laughs> it's funny that the books of the year always seem to be among friends. You know, they, they recommend, they recommend all the books, um, uh, from their own friends. So there's a, there's a sort of, um, almost like club. And there's, there's this, you know, and, and I, so I, it, it's, it extends from you know SBC to PCA, mm-hmm. uh, and it's mainly a Baptist Presbyterian, I guess, coalition. Elite, elitist. So, so um, in, yeah. your, in your essay, you say the striking irony is that this essay, referring to the ERLC, uh, Paul Miller essay, Faith and Healthy Democracy, you say the striking irony is that the essay exhibits the very ills that it diagnoses. W- what do you mean by that? Well, one one is the the tribalism, but also the the incivility. So it was, it was a lot about how to be civil in, in a democracy. How should Christians be civil? And it wasn't always wrong in, in the prescriptions of that. But the irony was that the the people interviewed to put together that report, which Paul Paul Miller um, interviewed these people, they, they've shown just some awful incivility in the past, and it was unacknowledged. And uh, it was it, there was a very much the us first them mentality of. They're kind of the leaders of evangelicalism. I'm not sure exactly who they're leading, but they're the leaders of evangelicalism. And you're all the followers, but why aren't you following us? 
yeah. um, when they themselves kind of exhibit this really, really profound incivility. I mean, they, they, they relied on, you know, Sabidi and Jamar Tisby. Mm-hmm. Those guys have been pretty, pretty awful in print. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, and other people, well, Paul Miller himself, uh, of course, Russell Moore in 2016 was, was pretty nasty. So you, you just look at these guys and they pretty much exhibited the, the very thing that they're condemning. Okay. So how do, yeah. how do we, um, this is, I think this is the crux of the issue. How do we reconcile Trump's immoral behavior, his outlandish, um, uh, I don't know, Twitter feed. Everyone always tends to summarize Trump by his Twitter feed, you know, and, and, uh, and voting for him. Right. So this, this goes into something that I, I wrote back in 2017. Uh, I wrote an article on what I, what I called voting theory. And I, I think what we have to do is, is think clearly what, what a vote is and, and what it means when we vote and what sort of calculus we make when we, when we, mm. when we vote. Um, and the, the problem, I think, with a lot of the way, way particularly the, the evangelical elite think about it, is one, I think that they just have an incoherent way of understanding it. They talk, they, they talk a lot about moral witness, this or that. We can go into moral witness, but I think it's a really key term for them. But I, I, uh, but I think if you, if you think about the morality of voting, you're, you're really voting so that you can have good outcomes um, within politics. Uh-huh. So of course Trump Trump has all sort of immoralities and and uh, and but the question is are those are those features of his character going to then express themselves out into you know policies that you don't like or that you do like or whatever it is so you have to I think you have to you have to kind of gauge what the outcomes are going to be um, for the people you're voting for I, at least that's the way I understand voting and I can perfectly understand if people would disagree with that my problem is that people almost always refuse to provide a coherent criteria for voting mm-hmm. you know they just talk a lot about moral witness this and that but they don't have a clear principle but they're they're also fine to vote for hillary <laughs> right yeah, so, i mean <laughs> your alternative I mean, is to vote for yeah. hillary yeah and, and and one one of the things that they're trying to do is they're trying to disunify the Repu- the uh, evangelical voting block mm-hmm. so if you make it easy to vote for democrats then that means you've really just dismantled that, that voting block, which is a very powerful block within politics. Mm-hmm. But the once, once you do that, it's like, it's, uh, I think what they're doing is they're following, you know, like the New York Times, Washington Post, and the just general American elite who want to um, kind of divide and conquer evangelicalism. Mm-hmm. And then these evangelical elites have become kind of an agent in, in doing that. So you disunify the block, and right. then, well, that means evangelicals now no longer really have any power. It seems like a profound um, failure of pastoring to the extent that many of these guys are also Christian leaders or pastors or elders. Uh, mm-hmm. My my biggest problem with a lot of it is that, yeah, it, it, it breaks sort of up the block and then leaves them basically to the wolves. Yeah, that's so, right. So, so you have, um, you, you have, you know, it's the, the mainstream media, like they don't then um, come in with a positive, like, this is how then you stand strong as a, as a Christian in this landscape. Yeah. It's just, they just mock sort of the Trumpism, yeah. mock the red statism, mock the second amendmentism or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then just leave them all sort of uh, abandoned. Yeah. And, 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 and which I think defaults to uh, um, d- voting Democrat. Yeah. I, I don't like I don't know that a lot of them are like, Oh, maybe I'll vote for it. I'll make a conscientious decision to vote for a third party guy. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but well, well, and, and they'll say they'll say ridiculous things like uh, I know Jesus didn't vote for didn't wouldn't vote Republican or he wasn't part of a political party right. yeah. or Christianity is not wedded to a political party and all that. But that's just all kind of silly rhetoric. I mean, I mean, in the end, I think most conservative evangelicals vote Republican simply because they agree with the majority of the platform right. and they disagree with the majority of the Democratic platform. Right. It doesn't mean you're beholding to it or you're stuck there. I mean, I'm, we're in a two-party system and one party happens to have more of what you like as opposed to the other one. So I, I don't think when you frame it in terms of beholding and, and as if we're it's like the Republican Party is the idol, I think that's just all kind of silly but let me, let me, um, let me rhetoric. Just, 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 just another way of disunifying. Let me push back on that just it's a little really bit. It's really funny to say to see you saying that, like really seriously. Yeah. With the Santa Claus. I don't think yeah. anything he says hey, seriously. I know. Right it's now. like, yeah, push back on yeah. it. If you have you podcast and you're in a blessed you, place it, right you now. You guys have no, they have no holiday here. If so, Steve, you know, if Steven can see you, it'd be a hard time. Go ahead. You look at Toby, just say, bah humbug, right? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, and I think it's, I, I can't remember, is Leviticus or Exodus where, um, uh, I think Moses lays out, the qualifications of a leader, yeah. someone who doesn't covet, someone who hates covetousness, yeah. doesn't lie. Yeah. And what was the, what was the third Exodus one? Exodus 18. Exodus 18. Yeah. Doesn't take a bribe. Um, it doesn't take a bribe. That's mm-hmm. right. And, and so those are just like very basic qualifications for a godly leader. Right. But you look at, you look at Trump, you look at Obama, you look at, I mean, uh, Bill Clinton, you look at our leaders and, and we're voting contrary to even some of the basic qualifications of what Moses laid out for a leader in Exodus 18. Yeah, but you couldn't you say the same thing about Trump. That's what he said. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He, he, I say he Trump. Trump. Right, yeah. right, right. And you're just saying, though, should Christians even vote for somebody who, at a bare minimum, doesn't meet the isn't, meet, isn't meeting those basic qualifications? That's right. I'm going to let Stephen yeah, answer well, that this one. Is, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I, I mean, you look at the Reformed tradition, it's very clear that, that civil magistrates are supposed to have a certain good moral character. If they don't have good moral character, then therefore, you know, it's usually going to affect the, um, you know, their leadership body politics and, yeah. and, and civil disorder and all that. So yeah, that's, uh, that, that's definitely, you have to have to acknowledge, but also that, that developed in a time where you had people who were princes and Kings and had the, in, in a sense, they were the law. Um, and so you had to have, and that they were, there were judges and all sorts of the, these different powers of government were kind of wrapped up into one or a few people. Nowadays, because you have constitutional, you know, this kind of advanced constitutions, there there are ways where the the excesses of one branch, like in our government, excesses the executive branch can be checked by the others. Mm-hmm. And a large part, Trump has been checked. Mm-hmm. I know this impeachment thing is ridiculous, but you know, Congress has fought back, uh, the courts have fought back. And in, in, in large part, I mean, the, our constitution has fared pretty well in terms of reining in Trump's excesses, which I think right. we could all admit he would. Here he does have serious <laughs> excesses. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, that's how I would, I would respond to it. That, that when you're going to vote for someone, um, and you have two choices, basically, I think that's my view in two party system, you have two, two choices. Uh-huh. Um, you, you vote for the, the, the guy you, you think that is going, that's going to be do good and checked by the other, um, branch of the government and that's yeah. that's i think one way you can uh i think morally justify so, voting for trump so you, as you, a Christian. you mentioned the impeachment process uh what, ridiculous what, what being yeah, ridiculous uh what what's your take from southern why, louisiana why is it ridiculous <laughs> the impe- well it, it's very clear that from very early on they wanted to impeach trump um and it, it, the irony I mean, the irony here is that, that this is actually uh, a violation of democracy itself 
to not accept the results of an election. Right. And I know that's been repeated as a talking point of the Republican Party, but I, I think that's pretty obvious case that well, they simply don't want to accept those results. Well, or you think about it real quick. Just one second. You think yeah. about it real quick. They didn't. The Democrats did not accept the uh, election of George Bush. They actually challenged that. They said this is not a fair. In, yeah, in Florida. In, in Florida, right? Um, and then now Trump. It's like you think of every election in the last um, couple decades with presidents. I, I think even was George Bush Senior. They even challenged his election. But anyways, Bush and the last Bush and Trump. They've both challenged the legitimacy of these elections. Yeah. So that's actually a play the Democrats run. The Democrats run in all this. Keep keep going, Stephen. Yeah, and then that that. That then challenges his mandate to do what he promised. I mean, that's kind of one of the one ways to kind of uh, get down the, the mandate. Um, but 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 again, I mean, one for for a democracy to work, it has to, the winners have to not then um, uh, uh, kind of destroy democracy through their power. But at the same time, the losers of of a, some kind of democratic contest have to accept the results of the right, election. If right. you don't accept the results of the election. Well, then you're actually violating democracy, you know. So, it's, yeah. I mean, democracy dies also when, when the losers don't accept the results. So, and uh, that's, I think, exactly what's what's happened. But, but uh, didn't, but didn't, uh, didn't Trump abuse his power in putting pressure on the president of Ukraine to, you know, do that stuff? Quid pro quo. Um, I, I mean, it, it, I guess the the question is: Is it wrong in itself for a president to call for the investigation of what he thinks to be? Um, corruption in a foreign government, right? Um, if they want whether it. it's the, the fact that it's the the fact that it's against a political opponent um, is kind of incidental in itself. I mean, maybe his motivation was to damage Biden, but that has, that actually has to be established. It's not automatic that just because you investigate some, you, you call for the investigation of some leader um, that it's for political purposes, right? So I mean, it's not wrong in itself. So I mean, people have to judge for themselves. Right, uh, but I, I think the way it's been framed has been wrong. It's well, it's you, pretty you, striking that just I mean just this week, um, the you, you know it, this whole narrative is, is it started out quid pro quo. They were speaking in tongues and using Latin is all fancy. Yeah. Then it goes to bribery. Yep. And now what actually comes out it, the the two they, they have two articles of impeachment that apparently there's a, a committee um uh that con- considering yeah. um and and the actual articles are now an, um abusive power. Um, and, uh, what's the second one? Um, there's two, uh, obstructing Obstruct- Congress. obstruction of Congress. So, so not, yeah. so, uh, oh, really? uh, not, not giving, con- it's funny. It's funny how obstruction keeps coming back because yeah. usually obstruction is Trump responding to kind of ridiculous investigations. Right. So he's, you know, of course he's on Twitter, uh, complaining about all this investigation, you know, investigation, this and that, that saying corrupt and, um, and that's, him defending himself is for these ridiculous charges. Right. That's are, considered obstruction. obstruction. <laughs> yeah. I no. don't like that. But right. if you defend yourself, yeah. you're obstructing yeah. us. Yeah. 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 Well, you, he's already was guilty before he was innocent, right? Apparently. So it was like, apparently. <laughs> was don't get in saying, the way of our conviction. But, but it also makes it hard to defend yourself when the Democrats keep moving the charges. Sure. Right? Um, bribery is a law that you can break. Well, obstruction of or uh, uh, of Congress of, of Congress and abuse, or of power. abuse of power. It's like, um, well, that's nebulous. But, what do you mean abuse of power? I yeah. mean, maybe I'm wrong, but didn't they do this to him just in 2016? 
Like, didn't they just do this to him with the FISA document and all this stuff? Didn't they just, this whole play has already been run in one sense where they're like, they're investigating him. He's running for president. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they're trying, they're pulling they're, the whole thing on him that he just got, that they're saying, hey, you just did this. But they did that to him. Right. With the whole FBI. It, it doesn't count when I the just, Democrats and the, do it. Oh, okay. And the dossier files and so yeah. forth. All right. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> Did, did you read that report, uh, Stephen, uh, on the the internal investigation that uh, Barr did for the uh, the FISA? Uh, the the recent one that came out a couple days ago. Yeah. Yes, sir. No, I didn't know. Yeah. Well, you're better for <laughs> it. Was that 400 pages? Uh, well, you, <laughs> time. You, you probably you probably better for it. I, you're working on doctor. Well, you got the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, basically, that report. Um, so they. And, and did an internal investigation on the FISA play that was run against Trump and also on was the Russia investigation illegitimate or fraught with um, politics or, or, right. or tomfoolery. Yeah. And the report clearly outlined that the whole FISA play was um, fraught with uh, errors and um, they weren't following procedures and so forth. Really? Yeah. Surprise. Surprise. Um, which is abuse of federal uh, FBI. It, they, they, the FBI abused right. their powers in the whole uh, beginning of the investigation, and then the report came out and said, "But nothing was really wrong." It wasn't, about it wasn't clearly. It wasn't clearly politicized. Yeah, and Russia wasn't politicized, <laughs> but the FISA stuff potentially was. <laughs> which is crazy. Um, well, yeah, it, 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 it just shows that the hysteria extended into the the federal government, you know, and so then. They use their power, and it, it sounds like the, the the major piece of of corruption was something that I, I don't even know how they caught it. I think it was like a lawyer changed uh, changed an email, so he was given an email and he right. forwarded the email, but changed it right in order to, in order to keep the files in order to renew the files application. <laughs> right, right. I mean, and so it's <laughs> right. It's that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and yeah. just, just it, for it, our listeners. It's listener. pretty scary to think about it. It, it kind of confirms what the conspiracy theory is that the government can really do whatever it wants. Whatever it wants. Right. Well, um, and, and, and just to, it, it really took Trump to kind of disclose that. Just to, it, just to lay it out a little bit, the FISA courts are basically a secret court that gives the FBI or CIA or, uh, you know, the right the, to spy the, on The people. right to spy on our own investigate. country. Right. On our own country. Secretly, investigate. secretly investigate. Yeah. Come okay. On, guys. Okay. And, and right. so if you remember, Hillary Clinton paid a private investigator to put together spy. what became the okay. dossier, dossier files. Mm -hmm. And and those were the basis, along with like a article on Yahoo, I think, that became the basis <laughs> for that the FISA judge. The that was from the same was source. From the same, same source, source yeah. right. right. Became the basis for allowing for the investigation to happen now, internally. If you want to look at that's crazy. If you want to look corruption, right? It's right there in front of yeah, you, right, right there. Hillary's right. campaign paid for it. Yeah, that's yeah. so. Okay, Steve. Yeah. So here's something. Well, that yeah, we're yeah, but and, 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 and I was on uh, for that dossier. I mean, the further irony is that the information supposedly came from some Russian. So you <laughs> talking about Russian meddling in American politics? Right. right. Yeah. It actually was through the Hillary campaign that then accused Trump and created this entire mess yep. that was rooted in a Russian giving lousy information to a, a British former spy. Right. Right. <laughs> hey, Stephen, before, before it, you, I mean, it's just like a novel. Before, yeah. yeah exactly, before you finish seriously. it, I just want to make sure you're not feeling the suicide. Come on. <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't feeling that cough no Epstein suicide <laughs> there's no cough alright make sure your doors are locked anyway uh, so here's so here's something I was just thinking about you are a Presbyterian 
right? Yeah. Okay. But I, you came kind of on my radar when you wrote an article on the Southern Baptist Convention. What makes a Presbyterian start writing on the Southern Baptist Convention? And, and well, because I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I know some people complain about a Presbyterian talking about Baptists, but the, that, that's because I think they're really all kind of connected, and this just manifested what I think is true generally. And, you know, that's mainly why. Okay. But but also I, I but also it just it was just so more, it was just more blatant because the Baptists historically are supposed to be the great champions of democracy and the working class and kind of the little man and, and there's been seems traditionally that's what Baptist what was Baptist, uh, Baptist churches all about. Yeah. But this but what I was trying to point out in this one is that really the SEC is just is run by really kind of a city elite. Or at least, uh, you know, middle to upper class. So I was trying to kind of bring some class into it, uh, since that really this, this working class democracy is really just is run uh, by the same sort of people in terms of class and education level as in our American society generally. It's just another, um, the, the, uh, the hierarchy of the SEC is just another manifestation of the hierarchy of um, American society generally. So I thought it was just a good example of that. And it was. And I, I, being there for the first time and seeing the convention run. At SBC. At the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah. yeah. It, it was shocking because it was a, a picture, I feel like, of our own politics and how it goes down. Except it does, you know, watching Resolution 9 and seeing that whole thing happen, um, forget all the parliamentary tricks that were happening in, 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 the, in the convention at that point. Watching how many people were making the decision on something that they were really ignorant about. Hmm. I, I felt that Ron Paul, Rand Paul kind of thing. Well, have you read the bill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, 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 have yeah. you, do you know what you're talking about that you're voting on? I kind of felt that whole, my gut just kind of went sideways because I was just figuring out what. How many people were there? Uh, I don't know the exact number, but if you look in that room, I think they said something that was supposed to be a huge event, like some close to 9,000 or something like that. Okay. Voting there on the floor, I don't think you can count more than five. 5,000? 5, if that, on okay. the floor. So there's a wide shot. And how big is the SBC? Uh, four, 15 million people. Wow. So you got, you got 5,000. there's like 35 or 40,000 churches or something like that. 50. Yeah. 50,000 50, 50, churches 50, supposedly 50, accounted for in the history. 50,000, okay. So you got, and about 5,000 delegates. 5,000 messengers. Messengers, what they're called. Who are representative um, the, the 50, majority. 50,000 churches. 50,000 churches. Yeah. And so, I, and so your article that you wrote on, on that whole situation, I just had a snapshot because I'm making the film By What Standard for um, Founders Ministry. And I, there's a shot, a wide angle, where you see the floor and, mm. and they're voting. And I just saw, you take that number and you split, just say it's split, in, you know, yeah. uh, a little more than half, making the decision. So not even 5,000, really. Right. You know, it's, you know, 2,000. <laughs> it's 3,000 yeah. 3, people yeah. who yeah. have voted on a particular doctrine that isn't good. It's going to flood into the six seminaries that are going to teach all the Southern Baptist pastors mm -hmm. that are going to create 20 to 30 years of a domino effect. Right. And I sat there and I was like, oh, my goodness, like this is. And you said it best. This is the tail that's wagging the dog. You said 8 percent, I think, <laughs> that are making the decisions there. Yeah, I think it's around that. Yeah. Well, of I think of uh, churches represented out of out of the 45, 50,000 churches. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and that would be OK if. If the people on the floor are kind of representative of the 
the you know churches generally. I just I and I don't think that's the case. And my evidence was just the amount of money people pay to go to this convention, which is usually it's always the national one, so people have yeah. to travel there. Yeah. Right. Um. So it, it, it's expensive, which means generally you're going to be from a higher you know economic class. And wow. generally speaking, higher economic class has a certain way of thinking that others don't. And 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 one one way that that could lead uh, that could kind of lend to the idea of let's follow kind of the cool crowd in this new critical race theory, um, you know, and 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 other other kind of these more, uh, you know, I don't want to almost say cultural Marxist. I don't like that term. Yeah, yeah. But, but that 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 trajectory. Sure. Um, just the trend, yeah. just the trendy, well, yeah. trendy ideologies. Just, yeah, trendy. But just take like I, I really don't think that JD Greer would would be elected by a by a good representative of the SEC. <laughs> That's a very I good really point. doubt that if you actually had, you know, the <laughs> if, yeah, if everyone there represented, uh, you know, perfectly represent the SEC, I just really doubt you'd be. Um, and, and again, it's because I think of the class. Um, hierarchy that exists in the um, I know we're out of time, but yeah, yeah. Um, but last thing, we got you on the line, and you're doing work on um, early colonial America for your dissertation, and I just I just got to ask, okay, so what's I don't know the top thing that in, in your studies where you say um, if people only knew this about Ooh. the founding of America, <laughs> man, it would blow their minds. It would change. It would change the the landscape of our country. Or um, what? What's that? What's that one thing? Uh, <laughs> um, this is a really mean question to ask. I know. Boy, uh, that's hard, that's hard to answer. I, I, well, may, maybe the idea that the, that the idea of religious tolerance and liberty was something that that was well, what I think is a, a product of Protestant experience, just with people of, of different denominations relating to one to one another, in personal encounters, and realizing that that we're, we're all um, brothers and sisters in Christ. And so that was able from that to expand religious toleration and liberty. Um, so it wasn't an Enlightenment ideal. It was actually more of a religious, um, it had really Protestant theology underneath it. You know, so, so, so at least in, at least in the, the, early, the early conception of religious liberty, at least. Not today it's a little bit right. lopsided. So in the recent uh, David French, Sorab Amari debate, where do you land? <laughs> I, I'm not a huge fan of either, actually. I, I don't like the whole post-liberal. Um, I think post-liberalism is just kind of this veiled form of liberalism. And right. Actually, it's a veiled form of statism. Right. That in the end, they'll always case the liberalism. So anyone who says they're post-liberal, I don't, I don't believe them. Right. Um, and and then of course David French, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into, you know, drag queen hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I, I would be against. I'd be against both sides. So you- I think it's a, it's a false. Um, it's a, it's like a debate between cousins, and I, I don't want to be related to either. So. <laughs> so, so, so should porn be illegal? Yes. Hey, I well, like that. Well, I, I there like we go. One, I like oh, when no. somebody doesn't him and ha and yeah, give us all. No. He said no, like yeah. like a like a man, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like a Christian man. You aren't going to qualify so, that. So, well, is that going to be your next no. article, Stephen? <laughs> Why porn should be illegal? I'll- Come on, man. Yeah. I don't think I'll get on that one. <laughs> Steven, if we wanted to read more about you, we know we go to Cross Politic, but do you have a website or any place we can follow you at? Um, I, You can just search my name at Google. I have a number of uh, essays I've published at different places. That's probably best. But if you get shadow banned from Google, what's, what do we do then? <laughs> I don't know. Come on, man. That might have happened. Who knows? I think you're on Twitter. Are you on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, I'm on I'm Twitter. You can find me on Twitter as well. Okay. There you go. 
All right. Hey, man, thank you for thank you for joining us on the show, Stephen. Also, I just want to say that uh, by what standard the film is coming out tomorrow. I'm excited about that. Um, and so everybody knows that Pastor Asko had a fall. I just got some updates. Um, he was not doing well, but by the grace of God, he's making his way home today. Is he? So, that's ex- oh. that's hey, exciting. Man, that's why I'm wearing this. Yeah. <laughs> he would not I'm approve happy of that. For Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Merry you know, Christmas. It's a long way. He's got a lot of things yeah, that keep he's, praying he's for keep him. praying for him. Pray for the doc. Pray for the doc that God would bless it. Yeah. Um, and so be ready to watch tomorrow and share. Yeah. Um, and if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. And until Sunday, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Pray for Gabe. Go fight, <laughs> laugh, and feast. You got to tell us when you're going to do something like that. I, I just, I thought you were going to take that off before we did the show or something. No, no. I don't, I don't, I don't mind the cheer, but sometimes it just.